We're Anthem Church. Thanks for checking out our podcast. For all the info you need, visit anthemforall.org and follow at Anthem Church Chicago. But no, I'm excited for today. I'm excited because today is the first day of our new series, Hearing from God. Hearing God. What could be more important than hearing from God? And today is a day that we're going to open up this series. And we're not hearing from God because he wants to give us marching orders. We're not hearing from God because he wants to give us a to-do list of things to do. We're hearing because he loves us, that we were created for a vibrant, passionate relationship with that God, the God of heaven and earth. And all of the Bible is God's story of how he's reconciling us back to him in a near and dear and intimate way. Now, a couple days ago, I was in the clinic, and I was talking to one of my patients, and he has a vibrant Baptist faith. And he, unfortunately, was diagnosed with uh, a kind of cancer called um, diffuse large B-cell lymphoma. And he had six rounds of chemotherapy, and it was a hard road. His wife was really struggling with the whole situation as as he was, and he uh, was really trying to be strong and and stoic for her, He he told me later. And he had a scan to determine whether he would be cancer-free or whether the cancer was still there. And he said during the day, he would try to put on his game face, that he was was okay and everything was going to be fine. But at night, he said his anxious thoughts and his worries would catch up to him. So he would lay in bed, unable to sleep, just him and God, wondering what was going to come. And he said he didn't know if he was praying or just opening his mind to God. And in that moment, a few... A couple weeks ago, he said he heard a voice that was not his voice, but it was a gentle and kind voice say, you're okay. And he said immediately, all of those anxious thoughts, all of those worries that he had held on to just melted away. He said that he had this peace that he didn't understand. You see, the situations in his life hadn't changed, but everything was different. He went right to sleep, and the next day he had a peace that transcended all of his understanding. You see, when we hear from God, it changes everything. A few days ago, he got the word that he's cancer-free, and we rejoiced together. He actually told me afterwards, he said, you know, you seem more excited about this than I am. He said, you know, maybe I am. Maybe I am. But if you could turn with me to Genesis 3, it'll be on the screen beforehand, uh, behind me. That would be great. You see, in the beginning, sometimes when we look back at Genesis, we can have this feeling that we've evolved past the times of Genesis. We can have this feeling that we're so sophisticated now. But as we read this, let's see if it doesn't resonate with the human condition that we're in right now. In Genesis 3, it says, He, the serpent, said to the woman, who was isolated at the time, and she was by herself, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? You see, that's the oldest trick in the oldest book. <laughs> Did God really say this? The enemy uses that continuously, and you probably have heard that before, of sowing confusion and doubt wherever you are. But Eve said, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The second oldest trick in the oldest book is a lie. 
And many of us have been lied to. And some of us have believed those lies. See, later on, Adam and Eve went on to eat of that apple, and they lost their, the tree of life. They made a terrible trade. Knowledge of good and evil for life, eternal life. And as they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to, them, to, to the man and said, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. You see, as, as sophisticated as we think we are, we still struggle with the same things. Doubts, lies that we believed, and it creates pride in our hearts. It creates shame of the things that have happened to us or the things that we've done, and it creates fear and doubt. That we get so comfortable hearing God's voice in certain ways that we shy away from hearing him in other ways. And today we're going to talk about three ways that, well, there's so many ways that we can hear from God, but we're going to talk about three specific ways to, to break through that. We're going to talk about hearing God through Jesus, the living word of God, to cut through our pride. You see, that pride, especially with the word, can lead us to complacency. We can get into a, a spiritual rut. But God intended for us to be filled with wonder about that living word. We're going to talk about the Father, God the Father, speaking us even through our dreams. You see, sometimes we can create walls around our hearts, around areas that we don't feel comfortable, where we feel naked, we can cover ourselves in different areas. And the only way to get through to us is when we turn off our brain and go to sleep. And God speaks to us in dreams in vivid and gentle ways. You see, instead of breaking through all our walls like gangbusters, just knocking everything down, God gently speaks to us in dreams. And we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and the gifts that, that we have in the church and how the fear that would isolate us, that would cause us to recoil from the presence of God, God cuts through that with a gentleness of relationship and togetherness in the gifts used powerfully. But first, Jesus, the living word. John Piper describes it in, in, a, in a wonderful way. He said, all of Scripture is God the Father bringing us back into relationship to him. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, inspiring people and, and communicating to us with the mind and the heart of Christ. The mind and the heart of Christ imprinted through all of Scripture. So that as we read Scripture, it comes alive to us. That it can fill us with wonder for the mysteries of the universe. Isaiah 9 6 describes Jesus as the wonderful counselor. You know that word wonderful, it's, it's lost almost all meaning. You know, I, I think about like a wonderful cup of coffee that I had yesterday, a wonderful sandwich that I ate. I, I did actually have a wonderful cup of coffee today, you know, up there. That, that hand-poured coffee, that actually was pretty wonderful. <laughs> I've never had that before. But, but, but the word wonderful actually just means filled with wonder, like awe-inspiring, like mind-blowing, Something that you, that you couldn't even conceive of, this awe-inspiring mystery of the universe. That's the wonder that Jesus is. I remember that, and, and we can see that in the Word, when we turn to John 1, and again, it'll be right behind me. The Word says in, the, uh, in John 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. 
that word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that awe-inspiring? That that word was with God in the beginning. Everything was made by the word of God, and it's live and living. It became flesh. He came and he died for us, all so that we never had to be apart from God again. We never had to be isolated. We never had to be separated from God again. The greatest love story ever told is that living word. And then Jesus in John 10, 27 to 30, said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one, no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. See, he is a wonderful counselor. In Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. You know, this morning before I was preaching, two people came up to me and said, you know, we, have, we just feel something from God. And both of those people said, I just feel Hebrews 4.12 is something that's going to be really key today. It's like, I'm sharing on Hebrews 4.12 today. <laughs> I was feeling the same thing. And as both of those people shared that, my faith just rose up. It's like, hey, you know what? We're all hearing God together. See, that word is living. It's active. It's alive. It's here, and the Holy Spirit brings it alive. It does discern our thoughts even from afar I remember when I first came to Christ I was blown away by this idea that God would come to this earth just for me and just for you and I would read the word and I was hungry for the word I couldn't get enough of it I would read it and and I would I was seeing the mysteries of all the universe open up before me it's like wow this is incredible and I was growing so much and learning so many new things And then there came a point where I would read the word, and I was like, I've read that before. Oh, it's a good reminder. That's nice that I've read that before. Okay, that's pretty good. And then I got into a routine of reading the word, and I just started kind of coasting. And I noticed that I wasn't, my mind wasn't blown anymore. It was a nice reminder, but it was safe and, and very convenient and things of that nature. And then a couple years after that, I went to a Catholic charismatic conference. A Catholic charismatic conference, yes. Yes. Those are real things. See, you see the gifts? That's, this is a real thing. The, the gifts are for everybody. Everyone who proclaims the name of Jesus. And I was there with my cousin. And we worshiped God and we were praying. And I felt this incredible joy rising up in my heart. And I was, I, was, I was like, this is incredible. And we left the conference and we were heading back to our apartment. And I was, I was walking with my cousin. And we were walking down these, this kind of older kind of street. And as I looked at everything, I was telling, I was telling my cousin, I was like, Jerry, this is, isn't this so beautiful? Look at those lampstands. Look at that building over there. That's so beautiful. And he looked at me and he was like, uh, yeah, whatever, Matt. <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't want to live here. I mean, this is a pretty rundown part of the city. I was like, no, Jerry, look, look. And I, I remember looking at this, this brick building across an alley, and I looked at it, 
and it looked beautiful to me. And I remember as I looked at it, it was like my vision was zooming in, and I could see every brick in the building. And then I could see a few bricks in the building, and then I could see one brick in the building. And it was like I could see within that brick. And I saw these particles or atoms or I don't even know what, glowing and pulsing in this rhythm, this, this joyous, wonderful rhythm. And then it zoomed out to me. And I told him that, and he said, we, we need to get you to bed. <laughs> he was like, you're kind of freaking me out here, Matt. Let's, let's, I'm taking you right now. You're going to bed. And so as I went to my room, I couldn't sleep. I was so excited, and I, I didn't know what that was. So I prayed to God, and I said, God, what was that? And I felt to open up the Bible. So I opened up the Bible, and the first thing I opened it up to was Luke 19.40. And that was the time when Jesus, riding on a donkey, was coming back to Jerusalem. And the people were worshiping him. They said, Hoshana in the highest, the king of kings, the Messiah that was to come. And his disciples were worshiping him. And the Pharisees stopped them and said, stop them. Don't let them worship you. And Jesus came, calmed them down, and he said, look, if you stop them from worshiping my name, you won't be able to stop the rocks from issuing forth praises to my name. And for the first time, that verse that I read so many times made sense to me in a deeper and more wonderful way. My mind was blown. I realized that all of creation is worshiping God. That the word created all of that. That nothing that has been made was made without God, without the word. As Paul knew that truth, and he said, all of creation is groaning for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. That this mystery that I would have never known if I didn't dive into the Word, I would have never seen that. And even when I read it, I realized I was just skimming the surface. That there was this new and deeper, mysterious truth that was almost too wonderful for me to understand. You see, Proverbs talks about this in Proverbs 15, 14. It said, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings to find it out and search it out. Mark told me this a couple weeks ago. Not, not the gospel of Mark, Mark Nelson over, over here. He, he actually said this cool way of saying that. He said, he said, God doesn't hide things from you. He hides things for you. For you to delve into and to discover as you read his word. So if you want to discover that wonder again, I'm going to give you some practical steps. One is, come to the Word with some humility. You see, I realized that it was actually pride that was holding me back from really diving in. I thought I'd seen it before. I thought I'd read it before. I thought I'd heard the sermons before. But I hadn't. I wasn't even close. Approach the Word with humility. And then pray and ask God to open up and reveal that wonder. I would have never seen that truth if God didn't choose to share it with me. Expect the Word to come alive. Come with a sense of expectation. Don't settle. Dive deeper into it. And even if you're in a rut, even if you're complacent, keep at it. Keep going after the word in new and deeper ways. The second thing we're going to talk about is dreams. Dreams that the Father can give us. Can we be honest? In our culture, dreams are seen as, as a very soulish kind of thing. That it's our mind playing tricks on us. It must have been something we saw on TV. It must have been something that we experienced during the day. And that's partly true. See, dreams can come from three, three places. It can come from our soul. It can come from the enemy. But it can also come from God. And we've so often washed, thrown out the baby with the bathwater that we've been quick to ignore a clear and powerful way that God speaks to us. 
You know, all throughout the Bible, the Bible doesn't make a clear distinction between dreams and visions because sometimes there are visions at night. Is that a dream or is that a vision? And actually, they're kind of similar things. It's God's deep calling out to our deep, in a way. Him bypassing all of those walls that we build up and stretching our mind to other and deeper and more expansive horizons. Over 200 times, God speaks to people in the Bible in dreams and visions. And each time, it was expansive. You see, we can get so caught up in this is the way that things happen, or caught up in what our mind would say, that we lose sight of the bigger, more awe-inspiring picture. We saw that with Abraham in Genesis 15. God speaks to, he was an old man, and he couldn't see how he could have a child. And God gave him a vision of looking up at the stars and seeing his descendants as more vast than all the stars. And he couldn't understand how that could possibly be. So then God gave him a dream where he showed him over 400 years what would happen to his descendants and how they would come through freedom. Dreams and visions expanded his, his, his way of thinking. We see that in Jacob. As, after he tricked Esau in terms of stealing his birthright, and he had to run because Esau was planning on killing him, he was running in shame. And yet, in that, that, that fleeing, he had a dream where he saw a ladder to heaven and angels ascending and descending the he- from the heavens. And he said God... He saw God blessing him and saying that he would bless his generations too. See, where our circumstances tell us one thing, God can restore a higher purpose. That destiny and call over your life can be restored through our dreams. We see that through Solomon where where God gave him that option of what what he would want. He could ask for anything and he chose wisdom. And that happened in a dream. Zacharias, struggling to have children in the New Testament, And God again spoke to him that John the Baptist would be born through him. Even Joseph was planning on divorcing Mary in secret after she became pregnant. You see, everything in his thought process and his experience told him that if his wife was pregnant, that she was unfaithful to him. And it took a dream for God to tell him, no, it was me, this is part of all of my plans. And he restored that marriage that would have otherwise been broken. Joseph had two more dreams, telling him to flee from Herod's plans and then telling him when it was safe to come back. The Magi were trying to be tricked by Herod, and all of them had a dream not to go back to Herod and tell him where Jesus was. Dreams are real and powerful. Ananias had a dream to go to the very person, Saul, who was persecuting the church, who was killing people like him. Go to him and pray for healing and welcome him into the brotherhood. See, only a dream could have expanded that possibility that he would have never thought of in the waking time. See, that's the beautiful thing about dreams. We have to shut off our mind in order to dream. That's the one time where your mind may be racing all throughout the day. You're, you have a to-do list and you're thinking about one thing after another, but you have to turn it off. And when we finally quiet ourselves down, God can speak gently, compassionately, and full of love. We see that also in Paul in Acts 16. See, Paul had a plan for how he was going to take the gospel places. In, in Acts 16, he was going to go to an area that was filled with a, a, a Jewish people, a temple, and he was going to go to the Jews and then from there try to expand the gospel. But the Holy Spirit prevented him from going there. And then in a dream, he saw a man say, come to Macedonia. So then he went to Macedonia and then revival broke out in Macedonia. It gives us direction. It gives us our calling. It opens us up to new possibilities. And it bypasses our preconceptions, our thoughts. Proverbs 29, 18 says, 
the where there's no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. A different interpretation for that is actually John Piper had a, had a, had a nice one where he says that actually that vision can also be translated as dreams. And throwing off constraint can be just being out of control. When we lose sight of our dreams, we can go out of control. How cool was it that, that Gary had a word earlier today that those dreams that we have long since cast aside could be restored today? And he, he didn't know I was going to be preaching about this, but God knew. You see, in Acts 2.17, Peter says that this is the time that Joel talked about. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is being poured out for us, that your sons and daughters are going to prophesy, your young men are going to see visions, and your old men are going to dream dreams. I remember several years ago, I was a young man once. (laughs) I remember being frustrated and being out of control. Even, even, Even though I was in the Word and I was... I was worshiping God and I was praying. I was struggling with being single. And I remember going out on dates and, and praying, and I felt like, no, this is not the person for me. And so I created a checklist, right, which is a logical thing to do. I was like, God, this person checks all the boxes. God was like, that's not the person for you. And that happened for years, and I was like, God, this is so frustrating. And there was a time when I came to God in prayer in the evening And I was upset and I was frustrated. And I couldn't help, even though everything the Word said told me that God was a loving and kind God, I felt like he was a distant God. I felt like he was a neglectful father or an absent landlord. And I couldn't help feeling that way. And so I was honest with God. I said, God, this is how I feel. And I was angry. And you know what I heard? Nothing. It was eerie silence. And so I remember clearly saying, it's going to be like that, huh, God? It's going to be like that. And I went to, get, I went to bed upset and angry. And in the, when, when I was sleeping, I had the most vivid dream I've ever had. As real as I'm here talking to you, I dreamt of talking to a girl that I'd never met before. And I thought she was cute. But as I spoke to her about God and, and the plans that God had for us and the vision for our lives, she became more and more beautiful to me. And I had this feeling of love in that dream that I had never experienced before. I had never felt that feeling of love ever before. And I realized, this is the one. This is the person that God has for me. And I was like, this is incredible. And then my alarm clock goes off, and I wake up, and I try desperately to go back to sleep. I was like, and it did not work. I could not sleep. I could not sleep. And so then I prayed and I said, God, what was that all about? And as silent as it was before, it was as clear as it was now. And I heard a gentle voice that was not my own voice say, where would you find her? And I said, what? <laughs> and then I heard, would you find her at church? Would you find her at school? Would you find her at a bar? I said, I I don't know. And then, again, clear as day, I heard, now are you ready to trust me? I said, yes, Lord, I will follow you to whatever end. And in that moment, hearing the voice of a kind, caring, compassionate, gentle God, who even tolerated my anger and my frustration, 
and would wait for me to turn that off before speaking to me and would speak to me in such a real and vivid and tangible way. He allowed me to hear his voice in a clear way. He bypassed all of those walls that I had built up, all of those preconceptions. And over the next few years before I met my wonderful wife, Sheetal, that steadied me, that gave me hope, that I knew that God loved me and cared about me, that the things that I'd read in the Bible were real and true. And then when I did meet her a few years later, it actually did play out that exact same way. And it was a confirmation of, of the plans that God had for me. If you want to delve more into your dreams, there are a few steps that I would recommend. One is that the Word of God is like a decoder ring. I don't know if you guys have ever seen a decoder ring, but that was maybe I'm dating myself, but that, that, was, that, that, that was a big thing in the 80s, right? So you'd have this decoder ring where they would have this code, and, and you'd use your ring to decipher what, what the code said. And, and that's, that's kind of how dreams are. Sometimes they're common pictures or, or numbers, and it doesn't maybe make sense to us. But as you pray into it, you can have a feeling and a sentiment that can come through. But the Word has the code for all of those things. You see, dreams can come from ourselves, and they can come from the enemy. So they should never be taken out of context, and they should always align with Scripture. We always use the Word to clarify where the dreams come from and what they mean. So if you want dreams, I have a few helpful steps for you. Actually, in Hebrew culture, one of the common things that would happen was that people in Hebrew culture would, before going to bed, pray and ask for dreams. they say, Lord, please speak to me in my dreams tonight. That's something we can do. The second thing is keep your phone or a dream journal next to your bed. So if you wake up with a dream that seems vivid or out of character, write them down. And write the sentiment that you have in that dream next to you. And then you can use Google. <laughs> with some wisdom. With some wisdom, guys. Don't freak out, okay? Google Christian Dream Dictionary. And a, a website that I found helpful is unlockingyourdreams.org. It's actually biblically based and lines up with the word in, 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 in pretty cool ways. And then also, and not the least of which, explore your dreams with the leaders in the church, people you trust here. You see, we're a faith community and we can do this together. You don't have to be a lone wolf. And you see, that's the final thing that I wanted to talk about today. Is that we are better together. You see, fear can cause us to isolate ourselves and just like in the Garden of Eden, hide from, from one another as well as from God. But the Holy Spirit can cut through that fear. I remember growing up in the church, I grew up in a, in a, a conservative Orthodox church where the Holy Spirit was, wasn't much experienced, mainly because of fear, because of we didn't know what, what could happen or would it be misused or in some kind of way. And so I had this fear of, gosh, what is, what is this Holy Spirit? It's, it was almost like this, this Christian boogeyman that I didn't know what, what, the, what the Holy Spirit was going to do to me. And then as I, as I read the Bible, I realized the Holy Spirit was just described as a dove. It's like, has, has anyone ever in history been scared of a dove? Literally no animal is scared of a dove. Nothing is scared of a dove. But I was terrified of, of the Holy Spirit. And the word describes the Holy Spirit as this great helper, this great counselor, this great teacher that brings truth to life, this witness, this giver of life, this revealer, this guide, this intercessor. All great things. 
And as I delved into the word, I realized, wait a minute, why was I so afraid of the Holy Spirit? And I also realized that as I looked at the word, that the Holy Spirit isn't this nameless force from like Star Wars or something like that. It's not a force to be channeled or used, but it's a person of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit has a personality. It's kind and gentle, incredibly compassionate and loving. And the Holy Spirit operates in gifts all through us, through the body. You see, we can see that through 1 Corinthians 12. The Word says there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise counsel. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gifts of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one body. So it is with the body of Christ. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. If one part suffers, all parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all parts are glad. That's the body that we are a part of. That's the church that we are a part of. Each of us, every single one of us, with the gift that has been hand-given to you from the Holy Spirit. And not just for you, but so that the body can be benefited. Your gifts come to fruition as we share them with one another. My gifts come to fruition as I share them with you. And together we're benefited. We're better together. They all fit perfectly together like a body. We saw a picture of that today. Two prophetic gifts giving me faith as they shared a word of knowledge about the verse that I was sharing about today. Gary sharing about dreams, not knowing what I was going to share about. We're better together, even in times of prayer, as one body. You know, the world and the enemy is incredibly united against us. Why do we want to do this by ourselves? Why do we want to be isolated? You see, in Genesis 3, when Eve was isolated, the enemy sowed doubt and helped her believe lies that all con- convinced her to fall and led Adam and Eve to fall. And the same thing happens to us. same thing happens to me. Over the past year, I've been considering a, a, a job change. And I'd been feeling for a year that actually maybe it's time to think about other jobs. And I was really struggling with that because we have three children, young children. There are a lot of responsibilities that I have, and it just didn't seem safe to do that. And after you, when you have to make a big decision, all of those the weaknesses that you have kind of come to, come to light. My selfishness, my greed, all sorts of confusing things come to, to the surface. I know my employers had a plan for my life, and were trying to get me down a certain path, and I was, I was confused. I didn't know. And when I looked at the Word and when I would pray, I would hear it in part, but I wouldn't see the full picture. And so I met with people in church in the city, leaders and on the broader leadership team, and it was so helpful. A lot of them had beards, oddly enough, for whatever reason. I don't know if the gift of wisdom goes with beards or not. I, I really hope not, but 
But some of them had really pointy beards like Steve, you know? Like, <laughs> when his beard is pointy, I, I know he's on his wisdom game. He's just really, <laughs> really on it. And so look, look out for that, guys. Look out for that. But I found that as we meet together, that what seemed so confusing and so, so murky became so clear. The dreams that God had spoken to me, prophetic words that I had received 10 years ago, when I first came to the church about 11 years ago now, I remember receiving these prophetic words, and I didn't know what, what to make of them. And I, I remember not being sure of what to make of it, but I still wrote it down, and I still kept it. And now, when I look back on those prophetic words, it was helpful in this time. And I realized that God was writing a story through my life also, all those years, even when I wasn't sure, even when I was shameful, even when I was afraid, even when I would seek to hide myself, God never let me go. And that's the same for each of you. That even if right now you're saying, you know, I don't know about by God speaking to me in my dreams. I don't know, the word doesn't come alive to me in that way. I don't know, the, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit kind of freak me out. I've seen it happen in this way before. God is still not letting you go. He's drawing you near and drawing you in. You see, as a church, we can do this together. Every Sunday after church, we can pray together. We would love to pray for you. And every Sunday, I see people touched that God had discerned their thoughts from afar. He knew exactly what they were going through, and he'd shared that with your brothers and sisters in Christ. So practically, I would say, let's learn from the personality of the Holy Spirit through the Word and through our experience. Come up for prayer after church, and let's pray together and allow those gifts to operate in a safe environment. Ask leadership and the broader leadership team to learn more. Beard optional with that. And experience the Holy Spirit in the safety of the, of the church. Over these last few weeks, I had this experience. You know, the weather has been polar vortex and all of that kind of stuff. You know, it's been a very dramatic time. And uh, as I was driving, something happened to me that, that had never happened to me before. I was driving, and I was almost at work. And as I was driving, I had, you know, a clear windshield, and it was raining. And the rain was freezing on my windshield as I was driving. And I, I grew up in Chicago, but I'd never seen that before. And so the windshield was freezing, and I had to kind of contort my head to keep looking through a little hole as my wipers were on full speed, and the heat was blasting, and the defroster was up, and I couldn't quite understand how that was happening. And so my side mirrors were frozen, and I couldn't see. And so I was trying to navigate through that little hole in my windshield safely to the side as I, I, everything melted. And I realized that that's, that's what we do sometimes that we've limited ourselves to our gift, our one or two gifts, and, or one or two ways of hearing from God, and we're so content in driving through this little hole to see our paths in life, when it doesn't have to be that way. We can have side mirrors. None of us, none of us, definitely myself included, don't see 360 degrees. But together, we're well-balanced. We see all around because of the gifts that God has given us. See, God has created us to, to, in a way that that we function as a body all together, that the pride that can hold us back and can lead us to complacency can break as we share in one another, as we see the word and, and share in that wonder of God's word together. The shame that would seek and the guilt and shame that would seek to close us off and cause us to build walls can break in Jesus' name. See, those strongholds can come down. Even now, they can come down because of the revelation of the, the word in flesh given just for you high and lifted up. 
The fear that God is maybe some kind of taskmaster or neglectful father can be broken by testimonies of his goodness and kindness and love. That even now, we can be reminded of those times that God has spoken to us. That something can spark and develop within us. And a hunger, a new hunger and thirst for his word and his presence, his dreams that would expand our possibilities could be shared and downloaded for us today. And to end, I just want to share kind of a final video. So this, this video is a video of a child that has never heard before. She saw her sister, and she could feel her sister, but she could never hear her sister. And this is the video of her hearing her sister for the first time. Maybe we felt like that baby. That we loved our sister. We could see our sister. We could touch our sister. We could hug our sister. But when we heard our sister for the first time, something broke. And this joy flooded into our hearts. This incredible feeling of intimacy, of hearing our God in a new way. Now is not the time to be content with just seeing God or just feeling God. Today is a day to hear God. And to feel the joy and the closeness and the intimacy that God would have for us. Today is the day that in the name of Jesus, those strongholds that we've built up to protect ourselves like Adam and Eve, to hide in the shadows while God is walking in the cool of the day, no longer have to happen. And so if you feel that God wants that for you, I'm just going to ask a simple thing for you to stand and to embrace that more. You know, today in the prayer meeting before church, there were two pictures that people had. Alex had this, this picture of um, us looking in a, in a two-way mirror. And so when we looked in the mirror, we could only see ourselves. But on the other side of it, God could see us. And when you flip a switch, all of a sudden the mirror becomes clear and we can see both ways. And then Lane had a picture, un, unbeknownst to, you know, before hearing what Alex's picture was, that there was a house that was wired for light and people were sitting in darkness and all they had to do was flip on that switch. And that switch that flips on can make that two-way mirror clear again. And we were just feeling and full of faith that today was going to be a day that people who have been content looking in a mirror and just seeing themselves could look through that mirror and see God. Today a day, could be a day that when we're content sitting in darkness, could be a day where a great light could shine and the darkness does not, cannot overcome it. Today could be a day that we could be in the Father's hands and no one can take us from that hand. No one can take us from that hand. And so if you feel like there's more that God has for you, if you feel like there's more that, that you can hear from God, I would just ask that your step of faith would be flipping that switch of standing today. And receiving what God would have, even if you're not sure, even if you don't quite have it all figured out, but take that step today. 
So I'd ask that right now, if you're feeling God moving in your heart, to stand and I'd love to pray for you. Dear Lord, I thank you, Father, for what you are doing in this place, even right now in this time. I thank you for the faith that is rising up, where your people, your sons and daughters, would seek to be people who prophesy, have visions, dream dreams of you, Lord, to hear you in new and wonderful ways. And I pray that we would hear your voice in a new and living way through the word coming alive, showing us the mysteries of the universe and coming alive. I pray for dreams to be given to us tonight that would change our destiny and our call, that would expand our vision and our mind's conception. And I pray for your Holy Spirit to release gifts to each of your people, those gifts that you've put in each of these people, that they would come to the surface, that they would be released in the safety of family, and that the whole body would rejoice in it, and they would rejoice as well. I pray, Father, for us to hear in worship, in prayer, in times together, in words of wisdom, in words of knowledge, that faith would be released. I pray for gifts to, to come in new and greater measure. Gifts of faith, gift of words of knowledge, gifts of miracles, gifts of healings, prophetic gifts. Lord, I pray for all of those gifts to be released in deeper measure. I pray for gifts of service, gifts of leadership, all of the gifts that you have for your people. And I pray for the safety of that all to be released with the kindness, the compassion, the gentleness, and the incredible and perfect love of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Please have a seat. And just finally, I would say that if you don't know that Jesus, if you don't know the Jesus that, that loves you, that was with God in the beginning, who has made all things and died for you, if you want to know him in a deeper way, let today be the day that you don't hide from him anymore. That you don't let fear of what, what it could be hold you back from what it is. That you would let today be the day that joy and peace break open in your heart. If that's you, I'm not going to put you on the spot, but I would say I would love to pray for you after church. Thanks again for listening. To stay up to date, follow at Anthem Church Chicago and visit us, anthemforall.org. Anthem Church, all of Jesus for everyone.